Hello, my name's Matt Phelan. My name is Pat Fay. And we are recording, I don't know if this is sad or this is exciting, the last episode of uh, season one of Working With Humans. Um, I just, as usual, I'll kick off by reminding everyone why we record this podcast. It's because uh, throughout my day and throughout my career, I get to meet the most amazing human beings. And I like to just get these people on to share their stories so you can learn to. Um, today, uh, we are sitting in uh, on the outside of Shoreditch House, which is in the east of London. So I can see the gherkin. I can see they're getting ready for summer. They're painting up all the beds. Lots of high rise. Great view over London. But we weren't actually due to record it here. But Pat reminded me... <laughs> that this is the um, this is 10 year, pretty much the 10 year anniversary of us meeting in Shoreditch House. That's, that's right, and I think, um, I just think, you know, when, we, when we're contextualising the environment and we're contextualising the, the, the story, if you like, of where, where it all started, certainly with yourself and Matthew, um, what, per, what a perfect place to do this on the roof of Shoreditch House. Yeah, and how would it, so it was 10 years ago, can you remind everyone how I we can met? Re, I can remember the situation extremely well. I. I remember I was sat, I was sat, um, I used to have an agency, um, an advertising agency, which I set up um, uh, back in 2003, along with my uh, old business partner, Belgian de Takar. And uh, it was in the T-Building, which is part of um, Shoreditch House. It's just on the corner there. Anybody knows the area in the T-Building. And um, we were working with some pretty, pretty large um, global clients. Um, and we knew we needed to partner with somebody. Um, we needed to partner with somebody, uh, a marketing agency. Um, it was relatively local to us. It was, it was important that because you know I like to know the people that we're working with, and also um, uh, it was an SEO agency that had a heritage uh, in, in a similar shape and form, size-wise to us. That was hungry, and um, so I set about my work as you do by keening um, SEO agency in London, and. Um, Four P's Marketing came top, and they came top, and I thought, you know what, they're doing their job there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was the first. That was the first uh, 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 box ticked. Matthew and I. I then rang reception, and Matthew and I got um, uh, got chatting, and I think we chatted for about three hours on the telephone. Yeah, yeah. And we chatted about for about three hours on the telephone about yeah. everything but. And bear in mind, this was a cold, cold call into the office. <laughs> it was a cold call into the office when you were over in Caledonian Road. Yeah, so, yeah. That's where you were. And um, so we chatted for about three hours, and then Matt came up with a really clever idea. He said, I tell you what, Pat, you're down in Shoreditch, we're just up the road uh, uh, in Caledonian Road. Yeah. Why don't I jump in a taxi and we'll meet? <laughs> and I said, Brilliant idea, let's do that. So we went up to Shoreditch House, and uh, we continued to talk about everything but business and work. Yeah. And we just got to know each other. And, um, and, and, and from that day on, we have worked together. Launching brands, um, launching um, marketing campaigns, travel around websites. The world. We travel around the world. We've won awards together, yeah. and we've just become um, um, not good colleagues, just very close friends. And and uh, people um, like Matt uh, and Chris and the rest of the team and uh, and my team, we've just enjoyed working together, and that's continuing now. Uh, working together and enjoying building, developing, creating, making things up as we go along and uh, generally storytelling. Yeah, and, and I thought I'm here today. That I mean that story is just crazy that it was 10 years ago because it, it it feels like it was yesterday, but when sometimes I've heard one of us tell that story because people say, "Oh, how did you meet?" 
And some people go, they go, oh, that's so weird. Yeah. They go, that's so weird that you had a three-hour chat and then you met up and, and, and just kept chatting. But it was just, you just go with the flow, don't you? And there's so many people who talk about, like, what makes success and what's not. And half the time it's just turning up, isn't it? It's turning up. Could, could have easily not met up there. I think he's turning up and making effort, but, you know, I'm a strong believer in people by people. Yeah. And, um, and by that, I mean, you know, I, I really like working with the people I really like to work with. Yeah. And I think out of that comes um, um, uh, a great product. Um, and I just think he's a great example to set as well for the people that you work with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I think it's quite exciting that we're sat in here. And also whilst, there's a, whilst, whilst we're doing this, you might hear some clambering around because we've been given, we've been given the rooftop yeah. and an area where they're rebuilding the rooftop <laughs> at Shoreditch House. Because it, it sounds great, we've got the rooftop exclusively, yeah. but there's building going on. There's building going on, they've kindly given us an area so we can uh, uh, have, our, uh, have our peace and quiet, so to speak. So Pat, um, I always do free, um, I've forgotten the word, but where you have to pick one of, <laughs> of them, just so our guests can uh, get to know you. Yeah. I'm just going to say two words and you've got to pick one. Um, model, model rocker. 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 <laughs> Favourite 90s nightclub, Hacienda Manchester or Turnmills London? Do I really need to answer that? <laughs> I'm going to make you answer it. <laughs> Hacienda Manchester, <laughs> lifelong member. Um... I own the Hacienda.co.uk URL. Do you on. actually? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew you I loved it there. I've done forever and a day. Wow. My house is a mecca to Manchester and the Hacienda. Wow. Um, is that true? You yes. Actually, wow. We'll come back to that. Um, well, last time I checked anyway. Yeah. Um, Eccles cake or pan au chocolat? Oh, I'm just going to go Eccles cake because I'm from Eccles. Yeah. It's Pat Fay from Eccles. So brilliant. So you get to know Pat. We all know Pat a bit more now. I just want to intro Pat in my words, because I get people on here that I think is an amazing human being, which Pat clearly is. Um, Pat always calls himself Pat from Eccles, and I love that. Pat's won pretty much every creative award you could ever imagine and lived around the world and all these kind of things, but he still calls himself Pat from Eccles, and I think that's brilliant. Um, The second bit that I just wanted, just two quick stories. One is, this sums up Pat for me, is I remember a few years ago we went to Cannes to pick up like a creative award and, and those that don't know Cannes Lions is like the creative festival so it's like the film festival but for the creative industry and, and Pat, Pat was out there picking up an award and we I think I can't remember we were black tie or whatever but we were, everyone was all dressed up we were ready to go out and then we just lose each other at what eight or nine o'clock or something and then I, I bumped into one of our my old colleagues Vicky Thompson hello Vicky um, and she invited us to uh a Norwegian state creative party or something. I think so, earlier on we'd been to the Facebook beach party. We had. And so I didn't end up going where we were supposed to go to do this award. So I ended up at some Norwegian party. But, and everyone else is out hobnobbing. They're all trying to meet CEOs or sell something to marketing directors. But I, bump, I meet Pat for breakfast. And I'm like, where did you end up? And it bumped in some, to some Irish builders that were putting out some scaffolding. Funny enough, in an Irish bar. <laughs> yeah, in an Irish bar. And he spent the whole night with them. Yeah, drinking good Guinness. And I just like. I was I, bored of that rose. For me, that just what sums Pat up. He's just a great human being who just will speak and just spend time with anyone. Um, but the reason, the way I want to describe you, which I've never, um, never described this to you to yourself before, and that I always introduce you as the best creative in the world. That's that's what I always describe you. But I never explain why I describe you as that. And for those not listening, the reason I label Pat as that, I know loads of amazing creatives, and their work is arguably as good. But the reason I think Pat 
for me, I describe Pat as that, is because Pat makes everyone else in the room more creative. And for me, that's what makes you special, is that you can get people who can come in and they can dominate and they can be like, right, wait a minute, wait a minute, oh, oh, the idea's here. And, and, that, and that's great and there's a place for that. But Pat makes the other people in the room more creative. Um, and that's what, that's what I think that you do special. So I want to go onto the meat, um, onto the meat of this and um, start to talk. I mean, let's start at the, at the beginning, Pat. I mean, you grew up in care. The reason, the reason I bring that is up not as a sob story or anything. I bring it up because often people in life can, you've achieved so much, but often people can use their past as something to hold them back. They can blame it. Like, and, and when I interviewed you before on happiness, you, I remember you talking about, um, I don't know if it was your foster mum or someone who just taught you the, the love of drawing or something like that. So if you could just talk us about talk us a bit about that. Yeah, in, in, in the first instance anyway, just, be, just before I get on to the sort of where my passion came from and the reason why I, um, I'm here sat with you today um, um, is, is, is not out of, you know, as you, as, you, as you just mentioned, a lot of people can blame the way you grow up, but the way I grew up was a normal thing. So I wasn't unhappy, um, um, nor did I feel at the time any of this was um, a struggle. In fact, you know, it was, it was just the norm. And, and I think it's because of that and the outlook on that allowed me to sort of, you know, continue to sort of develop as a person and not find, um, um, not find blame in anything. Because it, it, it was what it was and, and I just got on with it. Do you think, um, do you think growing up in cares? Has that impacted impacted any way that you are because you've got two children? Yep. Has it impacted any way you parent yourself? Um, I think what it what it does what it what it did do for me in particular is always I always had a goal and I always and I always had a goal to make sure that my kids um, um, were in the first instance were good human beings and uh, and also brought up well and never really wanted for anything but also not spoiled at the same time. Yeah. Um, how do you do that? How do you how do you how do you get that balance right? Um, I think it's a balance of bribery and corruption, <laughs> and <laughs> and actually just being you and just being natural. And you know, there's no book as a parent. Like my daughter's eighteen now. There's no old oh, book. Yeah. yeah, there's no book. There's no book to say right. Okay, your daughter, your daughter's going to be seventeen and one day tomorrow. How do you deal with her? Yeah. Or there's no book to say your your son's fifteen and he's he's going to deal with something. Every day is a new challenge, and every day you've got to learn. And that's just exactly the same as it is with all people. And I think that's my outlook on that. No. But going back to the, going back to the, where my passion came from, my passion, and again, I, I've told this story when we, when we did the uh, Speaker's Corner, and I, and I won't go on about it too much, but it, it just came from living with a boss family when I was very young, and, um, and the um, Mrs. Walsh, as I remember her, um, was, 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 she was a good artist, and she, she um, from what I remember, and she drew this picture of a, Two little boys, which maybe were myself and my brother, um, sat underneath a tree, and she drew them and coloured them in, and she coloured them in with skin colour, and I was fascinated, absolutely fascinated by the form and yeah. this way of are these magic crayons you've got here? Are these magic pencils? Yeah. Uh, how did you get that skin colour? Because there's none of those colours in the pencils or the crayons you've got. Yeah. And she just told me the technique. The technique was just to you know get a little bit yellow, a little bit red, and like to use these these colours together. And it was since that day, and you know, I don't know if many people have or everybody has something which has inspired them to do something, but that inspired me to continue to just be fascinated by form and art, and 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 and, and that's continued. And again, going back to going back to the things, 
you know the lifestyle of living in care maybe maybe it was that having something having some passion having some place to get away and draw and color and paint and having something that you were really loving to do allowed me to escape and ignore the, the noise around me and the, yeah. the, the distractions because it was my own thing it's amazing amazing Possibly. story pat and um, so, what was her name mrs walsh shout out to Ms. all the mrs walsh all the there. mrs walsh well there was a mrs walsh and then in in in, in my final um foster parents was um mr and mrs dixon and again mrs dixon who i still see was uh, an incredible artist and she gave me um a lot of my work oh wow a few so, years so ago. you ended up with a second artist yes in in yeah. wow and she kept a lot of my work she kept a lot of my pottery and some of the sculptures and the, some of the woodwork things that i'd made and she gave them me a few years ago and i've still got them down the loft do you think that's um do you think that's coincidence that it says pat fay on the bottom of one of the one of the <laughs> pots 2b so 2b being the class i was in at the time brilliant so year two year two wow um pat i just wanted to it's story because you talk about passion there for like the form and that kind of stuff yeah. and you, you're one of the most passionate people when it comes to your work that I know as well which I think this is linked between the quality of your work and the passion and just a story for everyone else there is that and I think this helped a lot of people listening is one of our shared friends we'll call because uh, she's working somewhere we'll call her Dorothy as an example but we met up a couple of weeks ago and you asked me how she was yeah. and I said, uh, I said to you, yeah, she's, uh, last time I had a message from her, she's really loving life in all areas apart from work. Um, and the quote that she'd said to me is, work is work. And it's very, very rare that you were lost for words <laughs> and angry at the same time because we were going to record her a message. And I wanted to understand when she said, life's great, but oh, work is work. And I, I, I've put that oh, bit onto it. She didn't say that, but that's how I interpreted it. Why did that? Why did that make you so angry? Well, I think in the first instance, knowing the individual and knowing that what, how talented and how brilliant her job, having worked with her, this this person is, I was blown away by it. I was blown yeah. away that such a strong, um, um, strong, talented, passionate, um, uh, amazing individual that really does know her stuff really does know her stuff and I've seen her in big meetings with big clients and blue chip times that I won't mention and she knows her eggs yeah. so I think that was the biggest shock that yeah. sort of like, looked like I'd just been slapped around the head with a bad kipper <laughs> and that's why I probably couldn't answer yeah. and then the, the, the many many other reasons are you know you know, if you use examples of this you, you would never be part of a club or a, go to a restaurant and have a group of friends or wear a garment if you just didn't like it and it was just to wear it or just to eat it or just to keep you alive yeah. you just wouldn't do it yeah it's funny that people accept that in their it's just they won't like, accept it in their personal life but they will accept it in their professional life exactly and especially yeah. with someone who's so young so talented and so driven yeah i just that's the biggest thing that shocked me and uh, uh, and that's why i thought i'm going to continue drinking this part of guinness and then i'll ponder my thoughts and maybe we can revisit that one day and yeah. we have today we have well we'll i'll pass that message on to dorothy um so i want to just talk about um unicorn xp which yeah. is your business the there's a huge emphasis on the xp part there isn't there and this a lot of people who listen to this podcast are from the HR background or CEOs or that are responsible for big Just teams of people. Why did moving from your previous business that you start up, started up and sold through to this business, why did you make such an emphasis on the XP? 
I think that's been that's been sort of brewing for. Um, and what is XP? XP is experience. Yep. So it's a unicorn experience, and I think that's been brewing for some time actually, and it's been brewing since um, since setting up uh, digital divisions um, from when my career started in 1995 in advertising and. Um, and, and building businesses up and working with large teams um, with some of the world's largest advertising agencies building my own business up um, which I ran for 10 years and then we sold uh, and then moving on and immersing myself into other businesses um, so for me it was it was um, one the, the experience and, and the learnings that I'd taken from how businesses were run how people integrate with each other uh, how they often become very siloed and, and also this, this, this changing world of, because the internet's given us this, this changing world of how an agency, advertising agency or a consultant should be, should be built. Many of them are just still absolutely huge monsters um, that aren't agile. They, they don't have the ability to uh, react. Uh, they turn like as if they're the Titanic. And what I wanted to do is, is set up a business that was um, one driven by um, people and, and and with that having a core team uh, of people that again that I really wanted, wanted to work with that are massively talented um, and that allowed us to be agile enough to turn in whatever direction to bring in all of the skills and those skills being storytellers filmmakers data scientists um, 3d developers illustrators writers and have all of these people. What these, a band! What way you describe that? What a band! That is what, a band of. It's 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 a real band of people that, when you're there and you're wanting to sort of deliver a particular type of job, be it whatever the client or whatever the delivery, you can rely on the um, the developer, games developer that operates his, from his bedroom up in Edinburgh because he's just so good and just so brilliant but that's the way he likes to work and with that in your team you can also have Google head of data or you can have IBM Watson in that same team and you can also have your own team of, team of storytellers and, 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 and creatives working on that collaboratively to deliver there's a drill going on in the background now <laughs> Just, this on, is, just on cue. <laughs> this is true evidence that whilst we record that there is real there, there is work, real going, work on. going on around us. Um, but like I say, it was, it was really to, 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 to have the ability to change and develop and create whatever we wanted to create for the client to have the end goal, as opposed to it being um, um, a huge team that we had to uh, uh, constantly feed and, 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 and constantly, constantly believe that it was the right team for the job, where often it's not always the case I think, in those agencies. I think this is, I get a lot of people who contact me about this now, which is, I hate the word gig, I don't, no, I don't hate it, but I find gig economy um, and freelance uh, outdated terms now. Because what, what you're seeing is a lot more people doing what you're doing, which is independent working, which is where you get maybe 20 independent people all coming together to work on something really magical. And that, but there's still, I think I want to give, uh, ask you to give some advice to people who are scared because some people love the safety blanket of that big organisation, don't they? And we're not, yeah. I'm not anti-big organisation, but I get a lot of people contact me and they're scared about being an independent worker. Have you got any, any advice on that? I think for me, um, I guess, I guess... Um, 
the, the fear factor is a very good thing. I think I often talk about this thing called existential terror. And I think it's that often... Existential terror. terror. I've never heard of that. Yeah, existential terror. And I think it's the terror that sort of, that, um, that you fear um, when we were cavemen, that big um, saber-toothed tiger's around the corner, he's going to eat you, but you've still got to go out and hunt, and you're still going to go out and get it. And it drives you forward. And that exists a hell of a lot in the creative industry. And I think it's that it's that bit where you you're scared a little and you're frightened and and, yeah. and that's the bit that and I'll talk about this later in, in, in when I set up Sona that's the bit that certainly gave me the drive it gave me the sort of the little push the little you know that little push you need of you know like riding a bike or going for a swim you just need that little sort of release yeah to let you go I think with me um, you will find people along the way. I moved to London uh, in 1995. I worked at an agency for six months. I left that agency and went um, and, and went freelance. That was the best thing I ever did. Yeah, it was the best thing I ever did because I found out there was a whole load of people out there like me, not willing, are willing to work with me. Nomads, nomads, but just really and 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 you know, most of them, are, nearly all of them, are still really good friends. I've got on to build and design very successful businesses. Yeah. Um, um, and and I think with that it was it was it was there was the, in no time at all there was no longer fade it, it, this was the way it was yeah and I think that's why actually the, the businesses and the and, and and big departments that had set up within other organisations and certainly the um, uh, the previous Sonar business that I set up Sonar was really built around um, this um, this approach this human approach this total respect approach, this non-hierarchical approach, and, um, and uh, this way of, as you mentioned earlier on, about allowing other people to be creative, listening to everybody's story, listening to everybody's thoughts, and embracing that, challenging it often, and, and seeing how we move forward collectively on that as a collaborative. Yeah, and I think this is one of the bits of advice for anyone who's running a big organisation or CEO of a multinational, which is... is people do a lot on employer brand like making sure they're attractive to come and work at Apple or Microsoft or whatever and what I've realised recently is companies are not that great at looking after their independent workers and I think what the shift is going to happen is that big companies are going to have to be known for looking after their independent workers just like they do their full time staff because the example I used I think in a previous podcast was when I was in we were out pitching for the Apple business and I got an Uber but I noticed the guy had Lyft and Uber um, stickers and I said do you work for them both and he said yeah and I was like I said oh how do you decide which one to take if two jobs come in and he was like I always work for Lyft and I said why would you pick Lyft over Uber and he said because they treat me like a human um, and I was like, so what do you mean by they treat you by human? And he was like, every now and then they just send us like a, a, a free sandwich or a, um, a birthday card and stuff like that. And yeah. it's, we're talking about it in the, ride, in, the sh- in the ride market, but I think that's going to start to go into all areas. I only bu- um, a friend that I play football with, I bumped into is a, a high ranking lawyer. He, he focuses on like um, uh, representing doctors in the NHS mm. and things like that. And he was saying he'd, he'd left that, the big organisation that represented him, to do it on his own. So he was doing it all from home. So at all level of jobs, people are moving to independent, yes, but, then, right. but then regrouping to work for the big organisation. So I think, have you got any advice for um, when it comes to brands on how they can be attractive to the independent worker? Um, I think 
um, you've, you've got to look at the obvious things. You've got to look at the working from home. Yep. The ability to the freedom to work from home. Yep. Um, uh, obviously, you know, in many cases, it's it's you you, you you've got to look at that and to come to an agreement. But um, giving the flexibility um, to staff, recognizing also that you know they they also have families. Yeah. So how does that fit into um, um, their work lifestyle balance? Um, it's also it's often the little details as well. It's just the very little things that um, make individuals um, extremely happy. You know, I'm not going to talk about you know this this this, this the obvious, which is you know the good coffee in the morning or the croissants. But but more than that, it's actually it's 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 just recognizing every individual that works there as someone who is there to work with you and um, develop the business that either you own or that you run. Um, develop it; they're there to do it for you. And yeah. the more you give them, the more you you'll, you'll collectively get out of it. And someone once told me actually um, many years ago in a, in I was I was sharing a lift with him and he was. Um, Worked in one of the big advertising agencies, and he, he, which quite funnily, we were chatting about it in the lift because it's, 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 it's quite relevant. And we were saying, you know, he was always told as well that whoever you are with, whoever you work with, no matter what, where you are in that business, if you're right at that top, you've got to treat everybody the same. Yeah. You've got to remember that they are human beings, um, not just because the fact that they're on the way up and you're on the way down. Yeah. It's the lift analogy. But actually, just. Um, because they're human beings and what you should be doing is, is, is treating them like that. And I think that's, again, in the Unicorn XP approach and my approach, well, we've got a little strap and it's a more human approach. Yep. And that is exactly it. I think that encompasses who we are, the people, who we are as a business and the experience side is, is how we've gained that over the years of doing this, practicing it, um, learning from it, learning from others, the goods, the bads, and, and, and moving forward and, and trying to continue that as our, um, as our, um, within our manifest and with our, as our mantra. Patrick, that's such good advice because the amount of people who contact me when they when we're talking about this subject, they say, and I blame I blame Google for this. I, I like Google, but I'm going to blame them for it. Which is, they say things like, "Oh, we can't do all this stuff, Matt, because we can't afford to have the pool tables, the gym, um, the free lunches, and 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 all our data shows that that." The perks are great, but that's not why people work somewhere. They, they re- the best way I summed it up is I, I spend every day looking through our millions of data points. And I, I re- when I'm looking at it this morning, I realise I could just sum up our data in the same way every time, which yeah. is if you take the word human resources, people want to be a human, not a resource. And, when, and, and for me, that's what you've just summed up. And that re- I think that's going to, a lot of companies, people listening to this, are going to find that advice really valuable. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, you're, t- you're talking about humans, actually. And, um, uh, in fact, it, this this was up at a shared clients um, of ours uh, that you worked with us on many many years ago up at a famous football ground up uh, near Manchester. Yes, and, starting, um, to, starting to come back to me. And um, I was I was up there, and we were filming an event, and we were overlooking overlooking this this pitch, and um, and it, it was it was we'd been we'd been up there all morning, travelled up to Manchester, we'd been up there all morning, it was getting around lunchtime, and it was starving, but because we were fil- everyone was filming, it was it was very quiet. So uh, I was sat at the back at this event room on my computer, working away, and um, there was a lady just opposite me doing the same sort of thing who hadn't been introduced to, and uh, you know, and, and she was doing the same sort of thing. And as I was getting hungry, I just, I just said to her, I said, "Do you know what time we'll be getting food?" 
I whispered to her, and she said, I'm not too sure. She said, we should be soon though. Anyway, we sort of waited for a bit, and then I just said to her, so I had a look in my bag, see if there was any sort of uh, bits of stray debris or food in there I could eat. And there was a Mars bar in there. Nice. So I pulled the Mars bar out, and I looked across and I said, um, I said, you don't want half a Mars bar, do you? She went, I would absolutely love half a Mars bar. <laughs> Anyway, that lady became um, um, a really good friend, actually. She's um, uh, in the sense of, she was always a go-to person. She really helped me out with this particular club. Um, uh, her job was um, very much looking after clients. And um, she did many things like getting great tickets for me and my son for certain games. Amazing. She looked after my father-in-law for games. Yeah at that club and uh, she was just she was just wonderful and then also she set up another she set up another business where she needed help with um, my skills with regards to technical skills and creative skills um, this website company is yet set up and out of that it was just born from would Sharing you like a half a Mars bar that is the I mean, it's just a good example of you know simple human nature just to sort of be kind so Pat I'm gonna go back about six years ago um, and I'm going, to, I'm going to test something that you said that I think we need to re-review. Um, and it's actually something I still use. But I remember being in your office and you did something absolutely... I was just hot desking. You did something that was absolutely brilliant, but it also has something for us to, to, to think about. Yeah. Which is, I remember being in your office, you were working on a big was project. the tea building, was it? in the tea building. And everyone was stressed. Yeah. And, and part of what I do is help people visualise culture with data. But you did not need it to be able to visualise a day everyone was stressed yeah. it was deadline day all this kind of stuff and I remember one, a couple of the developers um, the guy from uh, Portugal they were basically super stressed who still works with us does he? yeah he was a great guy Fernando, Fernando. amazing guy yeah he's, he's, he's worked with us now at, um, um, he's worked with us for about three, four agencies after that. Wow, so this is great that you still do because I remember he was visib visibly struggling and you called everyone in, you called everyone together and you were like, I just want to remind everyone that nobody dies doing what we do. <laughs> I remember it well. Um, and well, they didn't. They, did, they didn't, but, but, and I love that and that's obviously why you still work with that guy. Yeah. Um, but people are dying now, aren't they? And male suicide um, is on the rise too. I believe the number's two a week. It's not just males, there's a lot of going on here. So I still think that advice is really useful. But yes. it was six, seven years and move forward now. We're more aware of, of mental health and yeah. talked about this a lot in the other podcasts. Let, how do me and you upgrade ourselves as managers? Because we're always trying to improve and learn, aren't we? So we're back in that environment. Is there anything that we would do differently now? Well, I think I think from my perspective, and again, this 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 again could go right back to my background. It's the ability to talk to people, talk to them, and 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 um, get to know them. Um, in fact, in fact, Fernando is a is a very good example to talk about actually because he he's he is back in Portugal now, and he was one of our finest developers, and uh, he. Um, basically said, look, myself and my girlfriend are moving back to Portugal. Yeah. And he moved back to Portugal and within a month, I thought, oh, hang on a minute. You moved back to Portugal, but that shouldn't change the format of anything. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, you can still work for us. Just, you just work from Portugal. And, and it, brilliant. And, and he worked from Portugal for us and he was, he's amazing, Fernando. He'd, he'd send me emails or the project manager's emails to say, guys, Bernie Mine is in Portugal. <laughs> it's a uh, guys um, I need to go to the doctors this morning 
Um, so we'll be around. Of which I'd email back. What the fucking hell are you talking about, Fernando? Yeah. You're in Portugal. You could go anywhere for five days, and I wouldn't even know. But, thank, but I guess it demonstrates the honesty and the ability to 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 to, to, to that they want to give uh, and 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 share. Um, I guess what's the word? Um, they want to give something back to you for giving something to them. Yeah. So anyway, going back to that, going back to your question there, sort of digressed a little bit, is um, I think I think it's it's you know getting to know getting to know and 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 and, and, and creating um, um, creating a relationship with your staff where they feel like they they can come and talk to you about things. So important. Not every personal detail, but enough to say, Pat or Matt I just need to take some time off and because of that and because you know them and they know you you might not even need to ask them or they not make need to tell you yeah. what that is it just is what it is yeah. and it's a matter of respect it's a matter of you know going back to the going back to all of the, the all of the all of the people that I've worked with over the years I would never ask them to do a job that I would never be prepared to do myself yeah. and I think that's an important thing because people get to learn that People, even if even if I'm surplus to requirements and just ordering pizza yeah. at two o'clock in the morning, or providing them with beers to get the job done, yeah. or dancing a silly dance, whatever it is to keep them, you know, I and and I, and I think again, it's 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 learning and and people demonstrating by the example you lead, and, yeah. I, and I think it's this openness and the builders working behind us. Yeah, but yeah. People know this is a real podcast. Now. It's a real podcast. It's definitely a real podcast. <laughs> that, Pat, Pat, that's really useful. Um, just before we go into closing, I want to talk to you about one of your most stressful periods. Because um, just so Pat, Pat and I rely on each other both for when we we call each other when we're having tough times. So I mean, in, in good times as well. When I when I sold my business, Pat was the first person I told before my mum. <laughs> so um, just to give you the context. But I remember. Sorry, Mrs. Feeling, if you're. Uh... <laughs> But I remember you calling me, I remember where I was, I was outside the Holloway uh, Road office and I remember you phoning me, it was, a, it was a summer hottish day and you were just like, Matt, Matt, I need to speak to you and I knew straight away from your voice it wasn't great. And you, to paraphrase, you basically told me you were going to walk away from your own out and leave a lot of money. Um, and I remember speaking to you, I remember thinking, right, okay, I'm going to try and help Pat see a different angle here. But then after just letting you speak for uh, probably 15, 20 minutes, I knew you'd made the right decision to yeah. put everything else in your life before money. Um, there's people out there, whether it's talking about their wage and they need to be there for their wage versus people that have sold their business and going through earnouts. What advice have you got for people that are, are reaching that point where they realise that the money, the other stuff has to come before the money? Because yeah. you were in a quite a low point then. Yeah, I was in a low point. Yeah, I mean, there, there was there was sort of many reasons as to that low point. Again, I guess when you've 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 run a certain business the way you run a business, or you've you've worked and operated and worked with people the way that you you like to, and that's for many 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 years. You know, for 15, 20 years, um, um, and then you enter into a situation where culturally it's it's almost the opposite to how you've approached things. Um, how you've approached businesses and how you've worked with people and the things you see and that inability to be able to change things or are you prepared to uh, 
being it for the long goal to change things at the detriment of your sanity, yeah. at the detriment, detriment of your um, home life, your health, fitness, everything. Are you prepared to put that in uh, because uh, because there's a pot of money or there's this um, um, uh, something there, you know, this huge carrot waiting for you? Yeah. Or actually, are you prepared to go? Well, you know what? I've got here and I've been really successful and I am who I am and I'm Pat Faith from Eccles and why allow we, well, why allow you to be get damaged by that? Yeah. Change it. Whatever it is, change it. Yeah. So I changed it. I think the the biggest thing I take from that is the understanding that you're always Pat Faith from Eccles, aren't you? And if you can't be Pat Faith from Eccles, then you've got to, things have gone wrong. Yeah. If someone told me one day that I wasn't actually from Eccles, uh, I'd be... Uh, yeah. Offended. Uh, yeah, well, no. <laughs> it, it really confused me. <laughs> Pat, um, also, I want to talk to you uh, the only plug that's ever going to happen on this podcast. Pat, people talk about long-term visions and um, attraction theory, which is where you visualise something will happen. Just want to tell everyone that Pat and I actually have a retirement plan for when we're 70 years. Years old. Do you remember this? I do, yeah. I know what that is. So Pat and I opened a cafe called Matt and Pat's. Yeah. Really creative name there, guys. <laughs> and we're just going to be for people to come in and tell their stories. It's the long-term version of working with humans. Well, I think, you know, I don't think we're far away from yep. actually, uh, you know, that, that, that being the format for businesses and agencies. If you look at, you know, we work and places like that. It's Very true. Off. Very true. So Pat, I'm going to go in. This has been amazing. I'm going to go in to wrap up. I've got three uh, last questions for you. Um... Number one, uh, biggest low in your career? Biggest low in my career is not recognising the cultural change of uh, moving into another business when you have been so passionate and run things in such a way. Um, and that was that was my biggest uh, biggest low because it hit me like a brick because or like, no, it hit me like a, a train because yeah. I didn't uh, uh, realise how how passionate and how much. The people I worked with loved working with me and the team and how much I loved working with them. Yeah. And and then when that format changed, um, it, 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 it was it was a, a real um, it came as a real shock. So that was a real low. Uh, highest moment in your career? Highest moment in my career, and again I think this is really poignant actually because it's probably about three hundred metres away from me on the second floor in the T building and it was um, it was when I'd left my job as creative director as a, as a, a big global advertising agency um, and along with again my business partner then Balvinder um, hello we, Bal if you're listening hello Bal if you're listening <laughs> um, she's a wonderful wonderful woman and partner and we set up a business and um, initially as all businesses do working from our kitchens um, and we then signed up for um, a three-year lease on the T building, which is part of uh, the Shoreditch House. Punchy, next door punchy. Here. So we set, we we we, and we got two thousand square foot in there. We signed up a three-year lease. Wow! Uh, I had a three-year-old daughter, Grace, who's now nearly 18, 18 next month. Luca was Luca about? Uh, Luca wasn't around then, and we just moved into a a, a new three-bedroom house in Stoke Newington. So bearing in mind there was a few commitments there and a few responsibilities that I had. Um, and I uh, and we moved in. We signed up for a three-year lease in the T building without any clients, and we bought a whole load of furniture, and we set about. And I remember sitting sitting there thinking, it's this, looking out onto that huge office, which was the drive, which then allowed us to go in to win our first clients, like the Times Online, like the Disney's, and all these big clients. And it was it was probably 
in those first months, those very exciting months of setting up something new, well before it became a success, yeah. it was it was the bit at the beginning, which which goes back to that that terror, that scare, yeah. that we better get busy here, Val, and we better get on with this, and we yeah. did, and we absolutely smashed it, and it was that it was that which was a real high moment. So Patrick, um, I love my guests to have the final word, so I'm just going to say thank you. London is looking absolutely beautiful across the skyline. This yeah. has been the best way to finish the um, season, Pat. As usual, I've learned uh, absolutely loads. Um, and I want to let you close by just uh, telling us about your biggest learning in your career. My biggest learning in my career is um, uh, the success doesn't come from one individual. Um, it comes from um, um, recognising actually the brilliant people that are working with you um, it, because it's, 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 it's all of those people collectively um, the, um, um, from everybody within there, from the junior, from the, um, from the receptionist, from the cleaner um, through to the you know, head of strategy, through the creative director, through the clients, it's about recognising the value people give and I think um, never underestimate that at all and the importance of that because collectively together you can produce brilliant things. Patrick from Eccles, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Mr. Phelan. Cheers.